the Navajo. Native Americans with a unique and rich heritage. A semi-nomadic tribe of American Indians who once lived across the desert in what is now the southwestern United States. The land was dry and arid, so they irrigated their crops of corn, beans, and squash. They looked after sheep, goats, and wild turkey. They built their homes called hogans, just below ground level. Expert silversmiths and craftsmen, weaving blankets and clothing from cotton and wool, known for the Yebiche dance and song. and for their vital contribution to the U.S. Marine Corps during World War II, using their native language of Diné as an uncrackable code. So much of the Navajo culture and tradition have been lost, of course. Time in the modern world will do that to a people. But my guest today and the organization we're featuring believe in preserving the memory of the Navajo, the Sunni, and the Hopi. Respecting, encouraging, providing education, training, and job opportunities to those who are facing hardship. As we welcome Bill McCarthy from the Southwest Indian Foundation to a very special edition of the Edge of Adventure podcast. We honor those who went before us, those who have contributed to us, those who have helped to make this nation, my nation, what it is today. Among the many things I am thankful for, the people and the ones who refuse to forget them. This is where adventure meets purpose, where we get to know those who live life beyond status quo. My name is Adam Asher, and this is the Edge of Adventure podcast. It's great to have you with us as we travel around the world to meet people and to get to know organizations that are doing amazing things, serving other people. And today is no exception in that regard. We're going to get to know Bill McCarthy. He's the director at Southwest Indian Foundation, an organization that works here in my home country of the United States of America. Bill, welcome to the program. Thank you, Adam, and uh, thank you for having me on your show. Uh, it's a great opportunity for our organization, and, and thank you for reaching out. We really appreciate it. Well, this is something we have been looking forward to, my team and I. This is a very special type work that you do, and it's one that's near and dear to my heart and to the heart of so many people, too, on my team. There you are, a director at this organization. You've been there for so many years. I know you have a heart for this. I think you've been there for 34 years, if my research is correct. And 
I want first and foremost for you to put it into perspective for the listeners and the viewers. Southwest Indian Foundation focuses on helping whom? Our organization has been concentrating for, you know, over 50 years on trying to lessen the poverty among the Native American tribes of the Southwest, principally the the Navajo and the Zuni and the Hopi, although we do, uh, we work with other tribes, not as extensively, but but we do work with mostly the Navajo, roughly 200,000 tribal members. And those are in our immediate locale, which is right around Gallup, New Mexico. One of the themes that continues to come out as I've gotten to know you guys is this concept of self-help. What do you mean when you say self-help you perhaps heard the uh, the the maxim if you if you give a man a fish you feed him for the day if you teach a man to fish you feed him for a lifetime is that that's the basic concept of of organization tries to tries to provide opportunities through education through job opportunities and through training not that we have all the answers by any means, but we work with principally younger people to help them cultivate an understanding and appreciation, not only of their own culture, but even the, uh, the quote, the white man's world where they can go out and through, through our contacts and, and our, our catalog and our website to, uh, to make a living. The idea is to walk in both worlds that have appreciation for their own culture and their own heritage, but also be able to amalgamate and to, to make a living in the modern world. Expand on that just a little bit. The importance of being a full participating member of the modern world, the importance of that, while also the importance of maintaining your history and your heritage. Well, and, and I don't know how much you know about our location, Adam, but we'll talk a little bit about the Navajo people. They live in, in poverty. Over 50% of the population, the Navajo people live in poverty, below the poverty level. The geographical area that the Navajo people live on is about the state, size of the state of uh, West Virginia, over 10,000 square miles geographically. It's extremely barren. It's extremely remote. There's not much in the way of infrastructure, roads passable, roads running water, electricity. So it really is a third world environment within the continental United States. And a lot of people are not aware of that. So a lot of people do, they come through our part of the country and spend any time in, uh, in Navajo land are usually shocked at, at the conditions and the hardship of the people. And then, of course, the distances are great. So you may have 50 miles between one little village, one little clan area and another. So that requires an additional hardship of traveling for essentials on sometimes impassable roads, especially in the winter months. My guest today here on the Edge of Adventure is Bill McCarthy. He is the director at Southwest Indian Foundation. If you're watching the video version, there you see it on the screen, Southwest Indian Foundation. And you can look them up online at southwestindian.com. Lots to get to in this conversation. Don't go anywhere. We're going to talk about some very innovative and important projects that they have. But, you know, I always take these conversations. I let these conversations go 
where they need to go. And the thing that keeps jumping out at me here as I listen to you talk is I want to know, you've been doing this for 34 years. This organization is making an impact. I know that anytime you, you spend this long doing something and you put as much of your heart and soul into it, there's a love that uh, drives you. And tell me about your love for the native peoples of our country. They've grown to tolerate me after 34 years, Adam. That's where, you know, I came as a relatively young man to to these parts, and I, I've just grown in uh, in admiration, respect, and genuine affection. Uh, you use the term love, and I think I think that's accurate. I we have all of our employee base here is 100%, almost 100% full-blooded native. I'm the exception, but in, especially over probably the last 15, 20 years, I've become almost like family. And so I can't think of any, anything differently other than that. These, uh, these are, these are part of my, of my extended family. And, and I'm extremely passionate coming to work. I have no trouble coming to work every day. I love what I do. I consider myself to be a very blessed uh, individual by having this work. As long as I can continue to, you know, shoulder a load and can truly contribute, I, I plan on doing this as long as I'm able. Bill McCarthy is my guest today here on the Edge of Adventure, and we're talking Southwest Indian Foundation. Look them up at southwestindian.com. Walk us back to the founding of the organization, Southwest Indian Foundation. Who founded it? And what were the motives? Back in the late 1960s, this part of the United States would really have been kind of like the old West. I mean, the infrastructure now has expanded. And, and although we have a lot of places without any running, running water and power and that type of thing, it's really developed since the founding back in the late 60s. There was a, a Franciscan a missionary, Dunstan Schmiedlin. He was out of the Cleveland area, and he was serving the people out here, you know, in his priestly capacity. But he recognized that there were there were like essential needs that were not taken care of, and uh, through uh, friends of his, they started dr- actually drilling water wells. He had a he had a friend. His the water table is usually about a thousand feet below the surface. That's very common. So drilling a, a well of that depth, of course, is a real challenge. And he had friends that they started drilling wells, and then so they recognized that many of the people had to go around great distances to get into town because. There weren't adequate bridges. And so through other friends and associations, they started acquiring steel that had been left out in the South Pacific by the U.S. Navy during the Second World War that was never used. And those uh, those girders and, and steel products were ba- brought back to our area. And we started building bridges in the uh, late 1960s and the early 1970s. And we were actually one of the the only organizations that were actually in in the mail, uh, we were probably one of the first 10 or a dozen organizations that started doing direct mail back in the, in the late 1960s. So that's how we got started. Bill, one of the things that your website, for example, helps to drive home as people get to know your organization is the importance of offering a hand and not a hand out. Tell us a little bit more about that as you introduce us to a few of the ways 
that you are serving these people? So uh, one, one of the things that you, you mentioned, uh, Adam, is offering a hand up rather than a handout. And I think, uh, and this is true of, of human dignity across the world, would be if someone is just being fed without any type of parameters, it can be demeaning because you're just basically feeding without a person having a purpose in life or having a vocation, whatever term you want to call it. But we know that every human being has innate talents. Uh, everybody has different talents and everybody's totally their unique individual, but they everybody has something to offer. And that certainly would be true of the uh, of the native people of the Southwest. In fact, they're incredibly talented. Uh, they're great artists. And that's one of the reasons we've kind of delved into our, our crafts and our catalog. So many of the challenges to uh, to the native people in the Southwest is they just don't have one of two things. They don't have access to sometimes a good education, a quality education, number one. And the other thing is that they don't have opportunities, business opportunities, professional opportunities, vocational opportunities. So we try to address those two areas, provide them with training and decent education to work out, draw out those unique talents, and then the opportunity to showcase those talents. One of the ways that they can showcase these talents and also one of the ways that you've helped to address the need for employment for these families is what? Tell us about this project. We work with literally thousands of artists in our area that provide unique, mostly handmade items that in many cases are cottage industries where there's silversmithing and basket weaving and different types of food products, delving into uh, areas where there are handcrafted kachina dolls, pottery, silversmithing, rug weaving, you, you name it. All of the, the crafts, the traditional handcrafts that have been done in this part of the world for going back at least 100 years, we've tried to not only preserve those, those arts and crafts, restore them, but then showcase them so that and make them available to people that might be interested as a as a unique and uh, truly a work of art in individual work of art each piece. So that's that's a, a, a one of the main thrusts of, of our organization that does four things. Number one, it provides a job and we pay of, you know, obviously our artisans for their work. It preserves the, the skill set and the uniqueness of, of this particular type of trade and artistic form. The other thing is the person that receives it has a constant reminder of their brothers and sisters in the Southwest and the work that we continue to do. So there's a bond that, re, that develops between the recipient and the artist. And then the final thing is that the proceeds from these transaction, these sales, those proceeds will go back into our charitable work and our charitable programs. You're listening to The Edge of Adventure. My name is Adam Asher, and that's the voice of Bill McCarthy. He's the director at Southwest Indian Foundation at southwestindian.com, southwestindian.com. One of the things that I think is 
important. You're helping these people in today's world with today's issues and the needs that they have today. At the same time, with this respect and appreciation for who they are and their own history. Talk to me briefly about some of that. Uh, a lot of, uh, of our, our artists and our makers live in very remote areas out in the middle of, you know, canyons and, and you know, rocky areas far from a, a paved road. So their work is actually you know, within their home. They will acquire a lot of the things they, they need to, to work on their arts and crafts, make it at the, in their home. And then uh, when they have enough of their wares to to bring to town, it's, this has been going on for many, many years. They used to take them to what we would call, you know, traditional trading posts. And that's where trade would be done, sometimes even in barter form instead of you know, use, using cash, you know, sometimes uh, products would be brought in for, you know, foods and, and water and, and essentials of life. That's kind of changed over to a more of a cash economy over the last 50 years or so. But this is a, essential for their livelihood. So these skills have been, you know, handed on from one generation to another. And like everything in our modern world, we're, we're losing a lot of our our traditions you know that goes those all across the planet but so this is a it's a good thing we think because it's preserving a culture preserving a way of life but also tying one generation to the previous generation which uh, has value in and of itself bill what would be some of the other areas that the foundation southwest indian foundation is helping this population i know that there are some things that would get classified as emergency relief or in some of these other areas, including access to medical care, so on and so forth. Walk us through that side of, of all that you do as well. Right. And, and although, uh, Adam, we do uh, kind of encourage and try to cultivate self-preservation and independence, self-sufficiency, there are some cases where that's just not possible, where you have people that for no fault of their own, they're, they're disabled or they're extremely sick or they have an elderly person that lives in usually a traditional Navajo dwelling will be one room. So the Hogan is a traditional Navajo dwelling that is the living room, the dining room, the kitchen, the bedroom. And a lot of times there's multiple generations that will live within that one family unit. So a lot of times there's there's just situations where there's a desperate need. And, and as, as mentioned before, most of the people live below the poverty level. So we have an emergency fund that we have um, ongoing. Uh, during COVID last year, we did multiple uh, deliveries to family units every day. Uh, we had trucks rolling out of here with water, food supplies, sanitation that would, would because people could not actually get into Gallup, New Mexico. So we would take the deliveries, the emergency, emergency assistance to the chapter houses, the local areas where people could come if they could get out. And then in cases where 
someone may have had COVID and they were housebound and the elderly that were in ex, you know, extreme danger, we would actually make deliveries to their individual housing units, the Hogans. This is The Edge of Adventure, and we'll be back to my conversation with Bill McCarthy of Southwest Indian Foundation in just a moment. But as you've heard, this is the Thanksgiving edition of the broadcast, so I thought I'd share an extensive list of all the things I'm thankful for. Should only take a couple hours. Kidding. That list is way too long. But I did want to take a moment to thank you for your friendship and support. Thanks for believing in this thing that I call the edge of adventure. Thanks for being a part of the growing international community over on the new Rugged Compass mobile app. You guys listen, you participate, you share, you tell others, you send me those notes of encouragement, and all I can say is that I'm grateful today and always for you. I'm grateful, too, for the EDGE team. Those guys work so hard, so tirelessly to help me get it all done. I'm thankful for my friends and family for how they put up with this passion of mine. And I'm thankful for the organizations that are serving others, for all the people who work there and give and volunteer, all because they believe in making a difference, because they believe in pushing beyond status quo. Thank you all. Enjoy your holiday. And please know how grateful I am for you. Now back to today's conversation with Bill McCarthy. He's the director at Southwest Indian Foundation. And of course, he's my guest today for this very special edition of The Edge of Adventure. This is a Thanksgiving special for The Edge of Adventure as it relates to this opportunity that you have, Bill, to work with these amazing people. What are you thankful for? You've heard of Squanto. Squanto was, is actually the inspiration for the very first Thanksgiving. And a lot of Americans are not, are not even aware of that fact. Squanto was a, a native who lived on the East Coast. He has a really long, there's a long history. It's worth studying, you know, his life, you know, has value itself. But he had been sold into slavery and had been taken to Spain and, and went through all these adventures and learned learned English and was was brought back and, and uh, would travel along the Eastern seaboard. So when the, the original pilgrims, arrived at Plymouth Rock, 1621, I think was the date. They didn't have, they were freezing through the first winter and would not have, have made it. Squanto, uh, out of the goodness of his heart, taught them how to do winter planting, use uh, certain fertilizing methods with, with fish, uh, taught them to uh, grow corn, basically kept them alive through that first uh, extremely bitter and brutal winter. Uh, and they did, so the first Thanksgiving was in celebration, in part a, a Thanksgiving to Squanto, as well as, you know, for all the other blessings, just because they were able to survive that first winter in the new world. One of the things as well that I've noticed from the perspective that you have, you and your team at Southwest Indian Foundation, is this overall perspective that this is this is something that we're all in together 
we are not islands, you know, we're not entire to ourselves. you know, we're a part of, of broader humanity. And so we, I, and I think this is, this is my own view. And I, I think it's, it's shared by a lot of people that we're, we're, uh, uh, at least in part uh, responsible for the health and welfare for, of those that are around us and, and those that we come in contact with. It doesn't mean that we're, we're without faults. Uh, the contrary, it's because we have, we have defects of character and we have, we have things that we have to deal with on a daily basis in dealing with ourselves. And one of the ways that we help ourselves is by helping others. This is very much a, a you know, the, the traditional idea from, you know, St. Francis of Assisi, that it's in giving that we receive by extending ourselves and not focusing and being self-absorbed by helping others, we end up helping ourselves. And that's also a very much a, a Native American concept is that well, they're very communal and, and they believe that we help the whole tribe. And we don't, when they're not in, in individualistic in that way, that everybody is, is a part of the family. And when I help my brother, my sister, my aunt, my grandmother, I am helping myself. So the circle it becomes complete. We're talking today with Bill McCarthy. He is the director at Southwest Indian Foundation. Let me pull up the website again. If you're watching on the video version, you'll see it now, southwestindian.com, southwestindian.com. You'll get to learn a little bit more about their foundation. Literally, there's pages and pages and pages of products that you can purchase and know that you're honoring their tradition you're honoring who they are, and you're also helping the foundation, Southwest Indian Foundation, to help these people. And what a wonderful way that they do. They do it with this concept of a hand up and not a hand out. I know as well, for the sake of the audience, you guys also, you have school grants, you have initiatives where you've helped provide products like wood stoves and things like that to those who don't have them. Tell me about some of those initiatives as well. I mean, those are, those are things that when you get right down to it, that affects a family in a tremendous way. We're kind of similar in some in some ways to like a Habitat for Humanity, probably between ten and 12,000 housing unit shortage on the reservation. So we build 20 homes, roughly 15. Last year with COVID, we didn't build as many because our workforce couldn't get into town. But we build homes for those families that would have no way to have a home without outside assistance. So we take the bottom 10 to 15% of the native people. And there are many of them are, of course, under the poverty level, but we take the, the poorest of the poor and we identify those families. And then we we're building homes uh, 12 months out of the year in a manufacturing warehouse. A lot of times we'll put a handicap access ramp or special doors if it's a if it's a small family we may build a one bedroom home if it's a large family we've built up to four bedrooms homes homes so we basically custom you know, with flexibility we, we custom design according to the need of the particular situation at hand so usually when we build a home we will put in a full heating unit which is a cooking 
and as well as a heating stove, we have an ongoing program that we put in roughly 200 to 250 uh, stoves a year, and some of those are in in units that already exist. But in our the the houses that we build ourselves, we install stoves. Uh, this is an uh, ongoing program that we've been we've been building homes now for about 25 years, and and we're placing those as weather permits, where we can actually haul the homes, the manufactured homes, to the site, and we prepare with a foundation and plop them down, put them together, and and hand over the keys. Bill, as we think about the week. Again, I've mentioned already that this is the Thanksgiving week. This is a time in our country, the United States of America, where we think about the things we're thankful for. And and yet we are also aware that holidays, and now we're headed into this holiday season, we're aware of the fact that sometimes the holidays are tough. You know, we're, we're confronted or reminded about the things that we no longer have. That's just unfortunate about the holidays sometimes is while they can be wonderful, they can also be a a sad time where we're again reminded of things that we used to have and don't have anymore. So I'd love you to speak to the person out there today who might feel like they've been left behind. We're all, and I and I know we're going through a lot of tough times, even you know, in the more affluent parts of the country right now. But you know, our our people are the first Americans. The Navajo people go back, you know, centuries and centuries uh, before you know the Europeans landed, you know, uh, on our soil here. But mo- many of our families don't don't even have adequate Christmas. So one of one of the programs we do this time of year is that we we provide food baskets, which basically we deliver close to 2,000 food baskets to the poorest of the poor, families that really would not have a holiday period at all. And if they had a holiday, it would be extremely meager. So we put together food enough for a family of four for a week. So if there are larger families, we'll expand expand that usually with a, a turkey and good nutritious food and and vegetables and fruits. With and and we're there are children in in the household. We provide a, a toy and and a stocking with with some goodies, you know. So like a traditional Christmas stocking, and that's uh, we identify those families through working with healthcare professionals and the missions and people, social service directors, etc. People that actually know the locale and know the families and know those that are, that are truly in in need. And so about 10 days before Christmas day, we'll start delivering to uh, central locations where families can come in so that we know at least everyone uh, that we're aware of in, you know, this large geographical area will have something of, of a holiday. That's a program we've been doing for uh, since before I showed up, not on the same scale, but I think last year we had over over 1,800 food baskets, and we'll do roughly the same this year. Bill McCarthy is my guest today, joining me from Southwest Indian Foundation. Look him up online at southwestindian.com. And again, his name is Bill McCarthy. He's the director there and has been with the organization in some form or fashion for quite some time and cares about 
the people with whom he works very much. You know my name. My name is Adam Asher. You know this is a Thanksgiving special of the Edge of Adventure, and we're doing this because we are also thankful, very thankful for the work of this foundation and for all those organizations out there that work with the Native American populations. And we are thankful for those populations, those people as well. We're thankful for their traditions and their past. And we appreciate that about Bill McCarthy and Southwest Indian Foundation. How can listeners help? A couple ways. One would be that if there's anything on the website that you like, um, of course, you can order it. Also, like in the case of the Christmas food basket or a heating stove or helping us to build a house or a ramp or provide a scholarship for, for a young person for a child, or training in uh, buildings trades. Like we, we do have a program there. We teach uh, young people how to do carpentry and electrical and plumbing and just, you know, basically blue collar skill sets that are valuable no matter what your profession is. We have that ongoing program in, in that way. So there are many ways that you can help either through purchasing or donating. And uh, we even have people that send blankets uh, or coats or that type of thing where they don't, they don't have cash to contribute, but they may have other ways that they can help. Um, now that we have a new farm, <laughs> we're also we're looking we're looking for old old uh, tractors or pickup trucks or that type of thing. So we're we're uh, or you you know people have been sending me seeds now that they know we have a farm so that we have something to plant. But I I mean I'm going on and on. But uh, there are many many ways that that people can help if they would like to. Well, thank you, Bill. Tell me though about this farm, a new farm. What's the story? It's an interesting story. I mean, it was something like right out of ancient ways. We, I was uh, driving up in the Zuni Mountains on another project uh, with a friend of mine, and uh, he lived up there for five generations in the Zuni Mountains, and and was showing me some of the ancient sites where an old you know school building was, and blah blah. Uh, we came across this beautiful prime cut piece of farmland which which is a rarity up there this this gentleman had been farming for for a number of years and he said does that look like a for sale sign there bill and i see he about fell out of his chair and he says i've been looking at this property for over 60 years it's providing us a great opportunity not only so to help us with our assistance, but also we're learning how to farm, grow our own food, and teaching young people how to grow their own food. So it's been a it's been a great opportunity, and we're only we're only about nine months in right now. So we're we are novices, but we had a primo we had a primo garden and growing some great stuff at at a high uh, altitude, about 7,000 feet above sea level. That sounds like a wonderful project, very timely. And I've got a couple more um, philosophical questions because that's the kind of guy I, I am. I want you to speak to the potential of every individual. 
that's where I, and I was just looking, I looked you up, Adam, and I saw that you've, you know, you have a very adventurous life and um, I want your job. And I was, I was a little envious looking at your portfolio. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, I feel blessed with, with my own life. But I think it comes to discovering yourself, May I, not to sound you know like a new age guy or anything of that nature, but we we'd all have great potential, totally unique, and we're, uh, everyone has gifts. And my experience is that everyone has a sufficient, at least a sufficient amount of intelligence, where I think we lack and we could have struggles in this life is number one, if we, if we lack direction or if we get derailed with problems like substance abuse or, or destructive tendencies. But if, if you can, if you can find your niche in life, find your lane and you, and you go with that and you you pursue it and you persevere, people have incredible potential. Uh, so many people, uh, unfortunately, don't don't find themselves and don't find that potential, and and their their go ergo their life is is not fulfilled, and they're not they tend not to be not to be happy. And I don't know if that was what you were you were fishing for, Adam, but that I, I see that in you, and I'm not just buttering you up. I I see that you're you're a man who loves his work, and you have a great life. Well, I'm always fishing for something. You know what? That's my job <laughs> over here. And that, that's why I ask these philosophical type questions, because, you know, I see in the different people that come on the show and, you know, I see in you these things that sort of make you tick and the things you're passionate about and the things you've, you've given your life for and toward. And then I also know that everything you just said is, is so true. I mean, I also know that we all at some point or another, we deal with that question and we, it can feel like a barrier that's, that's hard to get past where what am I supposed to do? You know, maybe I do feel empty. Maybe I'm not satisfied. That's one of the reasons why I always say beyond status quo. That's my, one of my uh, mantras, I guess. And it's because the status quo really isn't enough. It's not enough for most of us. We want something more. We crave something more. And it's not the same for any of us. Your calling is different from mine. It's different from the next person's. But when we are brave and we undertake that adventure and we go out there and we push beyond status quo, some amazing things happen and they can be very, very fulfilling. So another question for you. These things are taken by I'm not these are not random questions. These are taken from the research that I do as I prepare for these. Can something be rugged and be beautiful? Absolutely. Um, you might be referring to the terrain in, in our area. It's uh, what you would call rugged, rugged beauty. I've uh, personally walked, uh, I'm a bit of an adventurer myself. I've walked about 3,000 miles across mostly Western Europe, uh, mostly on the Camino de Santa de Compostela. I'm something of a seasoned hiker and uh, I've seen all kinds of terrain, and I've gone over mountains. I, I walked over the Pyrenees a couple times during snowstorms. I mean, and lived to tell the tale. But every part of the world has its own unique qualities and, and beauty. I guess you would say about uh, the desert southwest. It's high desert, so we're at a high uh, elevation, high altitude, but at the same time. It's just incredibly beautiful. 
the colors and the mesas and the landscapes and the you know the the, the rocks i mean even the, the rocks are beautiful uh the formations the uh, stalactite type of uh you know formations it's just and for those of you who have driven across uh, the old west i mean right here in town is the old el rancho hotel where they used to all the stars would would stay when they were filming the old the old westerns and uh, there is kind of a, a fascination uh, with the old cowboy and indian uh, type of mystique and it still does exist today so um, it is a beautiful part of the world in its own in its own unique way this is the edge of adventure and we are getting close to the end of today's episode we're talking with bill mccarthy he's the director at Southwest Indian Foundation. You can look them up online at southwestindian.com. And of course, the other thing that I do with all of all of these podcasts is I create the different posts on theedgeofadventure.com so that you're able to go there. And if you ever lose track of the details that we talk about in the show, you can always go back to theedgeofadventure.com, look them up in the, in the podcast section, and you'll find all the links there, including the links to their organization and in this case to their store. Support them any way you feel called, and it could be in a small way, it could be in a big way, but if it touched your heart today to to hear Bill talk and, and think about the work that they do, then my request of you is, first of all, encourage them, reach out to them, let them know that you see them and you appreciate what they're doing, and then if there's some other way to help them out, please consider doing so. I think we'll We'll wrap up. I mean, if there's anything else that needs to be communicated, please let me know if there's something I haven't asked about. And then I suppose my final question is, you have a very unique perspective. You have a very unique position, and you've been doing this for a long time. Speak to those of us out here that don't have your perspective on Native American culture and Native American history, but what do we need to know about these wonderful people. So then my two-pronged question for my guest, Bill McCarthy. Finally, and thank you, Adam, for having me on. I, it's, it's, it's a privilege and an honor, sincerely. One thing I, I've, that I've kind of discovered, and it's, you know, this is your education never stops. It's what we don't know. Ignorance is actually the enemy in many regards. Uh, a lot of our prejudices and our kind of preconceived notions are people of people are out of ignorance. And and a lot of people may not know anything about uh, native culture at all. I mean, they just never been exposed to it. They've never studied it. So it's a whole unique world. It's it's ours as as I guess we would call ourselves modern American. Uh, we, we don't know our history, and we really don't know ourselves all that well unless we know our history. And our history is connected to those who went before us. And, and on the, walking on this soil, it was always the Native American. Now, now even, even starting from back east, where a lot of those tribes were, were snuffed out and driven out and, and forced to the west, and, and that kept expanding, uh, the desert southwest is, is one of the areas in the country where basically na Native culture has been been kept and preserved and now it's it's someone honored so it's it's a whole world it's a whole treasure 
and you can you can spend you can spend your whole life studying it. And so I just encourage people just even if it's, it's not you know a main plank of your of your interest, it's something that you should at least study in part or know something about. The other thing I, I think we should all look at is to your theme about Thanksgiving of all those things that we can take for granted. Most of us have 10 fingers and 10 toes and we can breathe properly. Uh, we've suffered here where COVID attacks the lungs and we've lost people that are very close to us. You know, I've employees and their families and extended families where all of a sudden you can't breathe. I mean, people, uh, their lungs are attacked and their ability, their respiratory system where they can't, just the fact that you wake up in the morning and you're sucking oxygen into your body that preserves you, that is something to be thankful for. Just the least little things, every element of every second of every day is a gift. And I need to refocus on that myself. When we have that gratitude, we tend to appreciate others and their plights and their challenges or hardships or difficulties. And that's certainly the case uh, with the native people in the Southwest, you know. So it's just, it's a different viewpoint. It's a different perspective. It's, it harkens back to, I think, the angels of our better nature. If we, uh, wouldn't it be a wonderful world if everybody had a selfless a attitude and looked after their brothers and sisters before they can looked after themselves or looked after others on an equal basis of looking after their, themselves, we would be in a much better uh, world. And uh, anyway, that's, that's my final thought. <laughs> well, thank you, Bill. I am honored to have had you on the show and to now consider you a friend. And this is exactly what needed to happen this week. We love the Native American population in this country very much, and to uh, to pause to just remember that and honor you guys. Thanks, thanks a million, sincerely, Adam. And it was great to get to know you a little bit. And and I'm always here if you ever want to visit. Take care now. It's been a pleasure. This has been Bill McCarthy, director at the Southwest Indian Foundation. Look him up at southwestindian.com, and join us again next time for the Edge of Adventure. Bye-bye now. My name is Adam Asher, and you've been listening to the Edge of Adventure podcast. To learn more, log on to theedgeofadventure.com. And while you're there, check out the video series where we go off the grid to discover some of the great things people are doing all around the globe to make the world a better place. I call it my search for adventure and purpose. You'll find us on social media too. Just look for the hashtag theedgeofadventure. Thanks for joining us. Always great to have you with us as together we aim to live life for something bigger than ourselves. This is The Edge of Adventure, where we go beyond status quo. Mm -hmm.